we're back. Another week, another podcast. Welcome to the Nitty Gritty Show. Here we are. Here we are. We had a really good episode today. We are officially season two. Is that what we're going to call it? Are we season two? We're in year two, season That's two. That's pretty cool. We need to say season two. Yeah. So Brent, Probably should gonna- have done that sooner. Don't people call like two seasons a year usually? I don't know. They kind of take a... Wait, does that mean we can take a break? Yeah. Wait, but when's that going to happen? We can have an off season. Like we can take a month off starting right now? <laughs> and we'll call this season two. No, so uh, we had John and Courtney Brown yep. from Sense of Style. Um, that's with the C, by the way. Yeah. C-E-N-T-S. <laughs> Sense. Um, another one of those where I wasn't super excited in the beginning. <laughs> like, I've just got to be honest, right? And it's funny because every time that I do that, it ends up being one of my favorites. And, and it this was one delivered. So fun. This and one was a really fun slash informative i felt like it was like right from the get-go it was full of like good stuff oh man like Like, a lot of times we spend time like getting to know people in their backgrounds like i still don't know where like we didn't ask like where they came from very much true we just kind of jumped right into it right and the whole episode was fantastic so work together this started what 2007 i think she said yeah which and the e-commerce world is super OG. I mean, that is yep. like, there's hardly any companies online that have been around that long. Yeah. So they work together. That dynamic, that part of the story is super fascinating, which it always is. The, it, especially when it's the mom or the, the wife is the CEO, right? Well, I loved it how, I mean, she called him out like working with or working for. Yeah, yeah. She like, just like sat there pointing at him. <laughs> <laughs> he said work with. She goes, language is really important. You work for me. youngster so great dynamic i mean their their story that the mistakes adoptions mental health kids it it kind of has everything every you're gonna get great marriage advice great business advice great parenting advice it's it's another one too where i feel like we just scraped the surface oh i felt like there's without a doubt so much more that they have to give right you know well and there's ones it's funny because I find myself sometimes thinking of the guest, right? Not the guest, thinking of our listeners. Uh-huh. Okay, what can we do to make this one more exciting? This one, I almost felt like a listener sitting right in front of them. Like I was so entertained and intrigued by what they were saying. I found myself just kind of shutting up, listening. Well, just like the chemistry between the two of them, like the right. way they interact. It was awesome. Well, and it's hard because we, you know, it's not like I prepare questions. Everyone knows that. So it's kind of hard for me when I'm really that focused and listening. Like normally I'm trying to think of questions, kind of pivot or whatever, but there were, I mean, there were 10 minute runs where I was just, I was gone because it was just so interesting what they were saying. And, you know, they were pretty open about the tough stuff too, which I really appreciate and yeah. like, because I think any couple that works together is, well, it's, it's got to be right? really hard, especially with kind of the reversal of, as you say it, gender, as you said it earlier, in, or not earlier in the show, <laughs> as you'll hear later in the show, Andrew mentions kind of gender roles and how, you know, John had to kind of overcome that. And I think that'd be, that'd be hard for any full-time working kind of breadwinner male in the relationship, right? And yeah. so it, it was really cool. I think everyone's going to like it a lot. And thank you so much for all the reviews we got, like from the competition we did. We had 
so many so many cool stories too in the reviews that's the thing that i love most about the reviews is when that the winner we picked this week actually had a really good story about being re-inspired and investing in herself and starting up her little business again yep and man you can't beat hearing stuff like that oh no for sure and that's what it's here for and i'm sure our guests would say the same thing and that's why they you know it's not like they get paid to be here. Like they're very no. successful people. A lot of them that they're have donating here. their time to come down. And here. man, they're just sharing free, awesome advice and wisdom. Yeah. So, hope if, you enjoy it. If you have any other stories, we would love to hear them. The guests would love to hear them. Like if they inspire you to do something, let us know, and we'll let them know. And, and maybe we'll invite you on. I was gonna say, who knows what's gonna happen? That's the thing. If maybe you've got we'll a have good a, story. Write it in a review for us so we can hear it. And you know what? Maybe maybe we'll do a guest. Maybe we'll pull one of you like in that. and have you come in and help us ask questions, or even just feature you. Yeah. Right. On, as as a guest on the show. So enjoy yeah, the episode. Keep them Thanks, guys. Welcome everyone. Another episode of Nitty Gritty. We here finally <laughs> we have John and Courtney Brown with us. Some sense of style. This has been a long time just because life has been insane. Because it's 2020, yeah. right? <laughs> Is it still 2020? You don't even have to say insane. You just have to say because it's 2020. Because it's 2020. And I think everybody just knows. Yeah. You'd be like, yes. It's a mess. Yeah. So thank you guys for sticking with us. And we're finally together. Well, thank you for being <laughs> persistent and for having us. So we're excited. So this was another um, introduction from Betsy. So Betsy's circle continues to grow on the podcast. Betsy's amazing. She's a great connector. That is one of her strengths. Well, it's so funny. She was, we had done something and she's like, do you want anyone else for your podcast? I was like, yeah, if you have any friends. And within like minutes, I think I had like five different text threads going from all of these people. And she was just connecting us. And I was like, oh, well, that was nice of you. You know what I love about Betsy? She's so abundant minded. Like she just wants everyone to succeed. For sure. I think that's so cool. Yeah, she and I are in our. Uh, we have a mastermind of female business owners together. We have a couple different ones, and um, she, that is just her to her core, where she is willing to share information freely. She's always like, "Can we share numbers?" And I don't know. In the <laughs> entrepreneurial space, people do not share numbers, and she's like, "We call it friend da." Right, not NDA, but friend DA. So it stays within That's the circle. Yeah. <laughs> but it allows us to have a space to be really open and honest with people and talk about our struggles and what's going well. And um, Betsy is always the first to raise her hand and say, I know I have a solution for you. I have your person. And I, I've really appreciated her friendship oh. in that realm. She's kind of like the connector from The Go Giver, Gus. Have you guys read The Go-Giver? It's another book for you. Okay. Go-Giver? Yes. I've read The Giver. So The Go-Giver, all-time favorite book. I've so also read The Giving Tree. The, the Giving Tree. Yeah. That's I read one. that last week. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Good Not job. Dr. Good Seuss. Yeah. Shel Silverstein. Oh, Shel Silverstein. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> Wrong. I'm writing that down. What? The Giving Tree? You're yes. writing it down? <laughs> Go-Giver slash Giving Tree. <laughs> so guys, sense of style. I want to just... How did it all begin? I've kind of read a little bit about it. I've watched a bunch of the kind of interviews you guys have done but for maybe anyone who's isn't familiar with you give us a quick background on what sense of style is so sense of style is a women's fashion brand e-commerce 100 percent, and we started all the way back in 2007 you guys are so old super old especially in the e-commerce yes. space <laughs> <laughs> but um i 
I was a young mom. We had just adopted our oldest and I was looking for a creative outlet for my passions. And I thought, you know, I've always loved fashion. I see a hole in the market for affordable, accessible, kind of curated fashion for the everyday woman. Um, Somebody that loves fashion, but is not going to spend a lot. And I began. So you're perfect for Utah. I, it's a good market for us. <laughs> stop it, Andrew. I, I don't like that. You stop it. It's a fair point. No, it, <laughs> it's a fair point. Well, here's what I always say, because I get people saying this about the restaurant all the time. Like, you're in Utah. Because, you know, like meat and barbecue is expensive. But I always kind of, what's the word? I, I, could you say rebut? Is that a fancy word? I don't think it's a real word. Re- to be How fancy? about repudiate? Repudiate. I repudiate. There you go. Thank you. That's much better word. Man, I sound so smart. Got your back. So edit out everything that up to. So I repudiate so right there. Um, I think it's a value-driven spot, right? Like Absolutely. I don't think we're cheap. I think if they feel like they're getting what they're pay, they're paying for, they'll pay the money. Do you know, it was just an easy joke, okay? okay. So, so Andrew, listen, box. it's fun to add a little. No, but I people do think, like arguing. But I do think there's a there's a fair point there of right. the values, right? Utah has a unique set of values. Right. It can either come from the the predominant religion or just the culture in general, where there are big families, right? Yeah, you know, we we value lots of members of our family. You know, we don't necessarily value. I don't know things that you might in a bigger city, like, yeah. like expensive food, expensive clothes, and that's okay. It yeah. just it's different. The bigger family thing, I don't think about. That's a but that's we a great value point. industry and right. being economical. Yeah, um, that's like a huge part of the Utah culture. Right. So um, I don't take offense to that at all. I don't really either. I just I think it's fun to have a little bit of a little banter on the show. around, yeah. it, around <laughs> it. People are like, oh, here we go. <laughs> it's like the news, you know, they put all the negative <laughs> things on there. Keep us watching. <laughs> so. So before you, but before then, were you in business? Were you entrepreneurs before, before you adopted your daughter? So John has always been an entrepreneur out of BYU. He started a import company with my uncle and brother-in-laws that he did for 10 years. So he didn't join Sense of Style until 2014. Officially full-time. So like Mm -hmm. at 2004, we started a, an import company. I remember in my finals class, I made my biggest sell to point and had to drive to St. George to deliver it. And I almost flunked out of college because I didn't make it back in time for the final because I had traffic. I was at the business school at the time and the professor was like, shouldn't you get an A for that? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You know, for so sure. That's it cool. all worked out. But like that was from 2004 through 2014, I worked at my own startup while she was hustling on the side. Okay. So, yeah. So, Sense of Style kind of just started as a side hustle, a hobby for me, something I could do on the side. And we didn't start 100% e-commerce. We started doing like little um, like pop-up shops in people's homes with fashion because I had no business plan, no startup capital. Uh, I just started. So, like how? Like how did you find clothes? Because people come up with ideas all the time. Like how are you? Because 2007, I mean, it's not the internet not, was not what it is today back no. then. And so like, how did you find stuff? So in the very, and this only lasted probably like three or four months. I literally was, beca- was like bargain shopping and buying off like the clearance racks at Target and reselling it. But yes. then I started learning about wholesale buying. 
right. um, and it was just an evolution, right? And then I started going to um, buying shows, right, and buying there, and then we started doing our own production. But the big ter- pivot for Sense of Style came in um, late 2011, early 2012, when I realized that the business plan I had started. So we were doing all these boutique pop-up shops in people's homes and I had stylists that were taking the product and doing this and I realized that what I had created was not scalable so in 2011 2012 I realized that I'd never taken a paycheck I had never done more than you started said I'd started I'd never done more than $150,000 a year in revenue and I was $50,000 in debt and I knew I had to make a change so I knew I could either walk away and be done or I could believe in the vision of what I've started and pivot take my rev to zero which I did start all over and went 100% online what kept you going all those years with taking nothing home um, well, there's people do things for other things than money. The for woman sure. has grit. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. tell you that right now. The woman has grit. I what mean, a perfect it, show to be on. <laughs> it, I did it because I needed an outlet. I needed something for me, right. um, something that I felt like I was contributing. And I say this a lot because um, t- speaking of values, right? Money is one thing to value, but contribution and helping women feel better about who they are. That's another value. And that's probably the thing that kept me going. And the vision I had that if I could scale this, I could help a lot more women. And that's what we did. So in 2012, we pivoted and we went hundred percent online and we took on an influencer and affiliate marketing approach when that was pretty new. I was going to say at that time, that's, that wasn't really a thing yet. No, no, it was just beginning. Um, it kind of all blogging and influencer marketing really came out of 08. That's really when it began. So I was, um, and then, so I kind of, we put ourselves out there and to be fair, I, I, I met a lot of the right people at the right time and they have become dear, dear friends to this day. It's amazing how if you work hard, that happens. (laughs) Yeah. And and And, also if you value relationships and and you really create a value first relationship. And that's something Courtney's always been really good at is it's not like, hey, can you do this for me? It's like, hey, what can I do for you? Let's do something together that really creates value for both of us. Sure. So we grew our fashion brand and... um, you know, we grew it pretty substantially, um, three to three hundred percent growth for those first several years. You know, the wow. type of growth that brings you to your knees, and you're wondering why in the world you're doing what you're doing. Were you selling more? Were you selling different stuff at no. that time, or is all the same? Same, just a different marketing approach and okay. taking it online and becoming e-commerce experts. And then I will say that two years ago, in eight. Two years ago? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning of 18, we realized we needed to pivot again. So I happened to choose probably the noisiest of the e-commerce spaces in women's affordable boutique fashion, right? Super low barrier to entry. Anybody can start it. In fact, in Utah, many have, right? <laughs> right. So we're like, how? what differentiates us? Where can we pivot again? And we realized we had become e-commerce experts, but also operational experts from sourcing to development to fulfillment. John spent 20 years in sourcing. I've now spent 13. And we thought, you know, what if we could help more women brands? And that's how we spun off our sister company of Be Fulfilled. And I'll let John talk about that because it's he runs it on the day to day. Yeah. So 
Be Fulfilled really was, you know, in 2014 when I came online 100%, I was always always in the background helping with the technology, making sure our contracts with our shipping partners were the best we can get them. And you knew how to do all this from the import business. Well, already, a lot, right? some of it was from the import. Also, you know, my background was information system. So like, okay. you know, connecting how to put your computer software or create a software or have a software that works for your business flow. So that's always been my kind of specialty. And with sense of style, I was always involved from the get-go, how we set up our systems. Um, And I was at the point where I, in 2014, when I came on board, I was the COO. So I really just focused operations, operations, operations. And we really dialed in our, our systems to be very clean and very, very efficient because Courtney was selling affordable fashion. You didn't have an extra quarter or a dollar per shipment to be inefficient. So we had to really focus on that. And we saw that as something unique um, that we wanted to build as a platform to help a lot of our friends in the space. This is 2018. All of a sudden, you're seeing influencers wanting to create their own product lines because the space has evolved to that point. But they're out trying to do it themselves. They don't know how to source it, and they're getting really crappy product. Uh, they don't know how to ship it. They're overwhelmed. We're like, hey, it's our purpose at Sense of Style is to empower women. What if we spun off a company that does that in a different way? Instead of in clothing, it's we're helping actual influencers and entrepreneurs do that for themselves. And it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, so we have these two companies now, Sense of Style, that is kind of this anchor brand behind Be Fulfilled, where we then help other, because we've already taken on so many of the operational costs with Sense right. of Style, right? The building, the employees, um, all of that. We can all the bring technology all the technology, all that stuff, the software yeah, platforms. Yeah, yeah. Shipping alone is the worst thing in the world. And, and <laughs> my favorite thing that. is, Cam, is that when people say, no, I'll do my own shipping in my basement, I'm like, Have fun. go for it. Here's my number. Have Call fun. me in a week. <laughs> when you're done. You will not want to do that again. It's so true. I mean, just shipping, like I'll ship a brisket to people sometimes, you know, a friend or whatever, and I'm like, it is such a pain in the rear to ship something. I can't even imagine mm-hmm. shipping all this other stuff. And so anyway, yeah. So it's really fun. We get to take women's companies and help them. We're like the back-end operations team. Help them on the sourcing side. Help them on the on the shipping and fulfillment side and on the customer care. So they can go and focus on what they're really good at, which is the sales and marketing. It's who, not how, right? Who's going to solve it, not how am I going to solve it? Exactly. So... What was your first item you bought and sold when you first got started? Do oh you remember? Word. Well, we were um, initially we only did accessories. Okay. Uh, Why? Because there's no sizes in accessories. Okay, there you go. <laughs> right. Oh yes, there are. <laughs> <laughs> it fits a wider if range I see of that individuals. OSFA, I just shut the computer. <laughs> I'm with you. I got a big head. One size does not fit me. It does not. <laughs> it does not. Fit I have me. a size eight head. <laughs> So it's a little hard. My hat here is barely hanging on. I was going to say, thread. you're at two clips. That's yeah. like when I wear a trucker hat like that, I'm I'm usually at two. So that's impressive. You do have a big head. <laughs> it's a big head. We're brothers. Um, I can remember the first product that went viral okay. for us that changed my life. Okay. The first product I sold was probably a piece of jewelry. But in 2013, in November so Christmas time, holiday shopping season. Um, in 72 hours, we did 20% of our year's revenue. Oh, geez. For, How? 
Exactly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> On a chevron scarf. A scarf? One scarf in a probably 15 different colors and variants. Um, these were like NASCAR fans? These were women in 2013. <laughs> and Chevron a is a joke. pattern, Cam, just so we're on the same page. Oh, my bad. Sorry, I thought the gas station. No, it was a pattern. <laughs> so, but it, and that literally changed our life. That Those 72 hours um, allowed us to scale and grow. We've been bootstrapped from the start, um, never taken on anything other than a little debt financing but those 72 hours allowed us to scale and grow for the next two or three years isn't so, that weird so was it the marketing of the scarf or was it like what happened? so when you found the scarf where you're like oh this is the one yeah i was really really um but i want john to talk about this because right right product right people right price right yeah, so Courtney did a really good job. I don't want she's she's shying away from it a little bit because she was building these affiliate and influencer relationships, right? And she had this idea like I want to price this aggressively. I want to get this out there. It was a new trend that was emerging, and she saw it, and she has a good vision for that kind of stuff. As far as the, the design, the or design, affiliate, okay, the design, and so she put it out there, and it just went like wildfire, and we were like. Whoa. And I remember it took us 30 days to fulfill that. We had our, this was, we were still operating out of our house in West Jordan. We had our whole neighborhood at our house doing, filling packages. We had our front yard with tables. Like, just why when they say, I'll, I'll ship it myself, you're like, ah. yeah. I've been there. I've shipped <laughs> so my base before, had buddy. Fulfilled back yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so it, she just really timed it right, had the vision, and executed it in a in a beautiful way and it, it like i said it's changed our life from that point on things have never been the same so a lot of times when that happens though that will actually put companies out of business because they won't have the inventory or the systems to back up and fulfill all those orders and so then the experience from the customer is so negative they don't come back again yeah and so how did you guys avoid that courtney's body language right now I'm really excited to hear this answer because the second Andrew started talking about that, she there was just this like you sat like, up a little straighter, like it's like I like let me tell you what I did, like, youngster. Here. here you go. Like yeah, you're just I'm excited to hear this. <laughs> I, I like to explain that because I feel like with our awesome iPhone camera, like 20 people are going to actually watch this, but I, that's why we need cameras because just to see that, you know, just to kind of see that body language, like it's I don't know, I love that. I wish people could see it. Talk about the school of hard knocks. Did we do it 100% right? Hell no. We did it wrong. But what did I learn out of that that allowed me to do it so much better moving forward? Right? Like, did we have people mad that it took 30 days to fulfill? Yes. But did they still take the product? Yes. <laughs> did we try to be proactive in telling them what occurred? And, oh my goodness, we've never had this experience. This has never happened to us before. Please bear with us. Yes. Are people kinder when you do that? Yes. So um, did we have to become, we had to become completely creative. We had to take these and realize that systems fail when there's, when th there's too much volume mm -hmm. and velocity. And so we had to get creative. Like John said, the things that spun out of that, when we got our neighbors involved, this entire new way to do operations started opening up to us because we started realizing, oh my word, Utah has so many women that are talented and 
willing and want to be a part of something but cannot work within the traditional nine to five schedule, how can we utilize that? We started having neighbors saying, I can't work from your house anymore, but can I take 50 and fulfill them from home? And we're like, oh yeah, we'll pay you a batch rate. And guess how we continued to scale our operations for years to come based on that model. We would send product home in bulk shipments so women could make money during those Netflix hours fulfilling packages. And hold it w- on, hold on. Netflix hours. It's a, it's a new t- a TM. You I, didn't see the little TM. I was going to say, this <laughs> is awesome. What, so what are, ne- this is like nap time? Nap time. Nap, I call it the crumbs of time. Those Netflix hours. It's or nap time, right? Like, right. so for after the kids are down at eight or nine o'clock at night, and uh, you know, and she can make okay. some money sitting in front watching, you know, Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Uh-huh. You're there. You're with me. Yeah. Or the resident uh, right now. Oh, sure. It's some skanky doctor show, <laughs> right? Don't not. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> you. you have mixed I'm with you. dreamy. <laughs> it's skanky, okay? No, I liked Grey's Anatomy, but it is. What is it about the doctor shows? But no, Netflix time. That is a really cool. That is cool. You should trademark. <laughs> well, I, I don't think Netflix would allow me to, yeah, but they're making it up. still. <laughs> um, but this idea that they could be help, they could make some extra money, and we could get creative about how we fulfilled the product that was promised, and it was a win-win on both sides. Um, so we, it that those seventy two hours required creativity and opened us up to new ways of doing business that we would not have seen otherwise. Yeah. But I do want to talk a little bit about some of the failures during that that oh, viral moment. <laughs> oh man! Every one of our systems broke. Every single one. I mean, I remember being in an accounting meeting that morning with who we had like a part time CFO who was a buddy of mine. And we, I looked at the numbers, and then half an hour later, I was like, what just happened? Like, we were in a meeting, and it was like the biggest day of all time in a, in the, a period of one hour. And then from that point on, a couple things happened. Every one of our printers overheated. I would wake up at like 4 a.m. and hit print on the printer, and it would it was a kind of slow printer. It would be printing from 4 a.m. to midnight every day, and we're still behind. And then just printing shipping labels, printing shipping labels. Oh man! And then our merchant account called us and froze over a hundred thousand. Over a hundred thousand dollars, they froze it because they didn't believe it was true. Sales. It's like this is too much money according to your historical. And we're like, we have never had a charge, or we have very minimal chargebacks. Chargebacks happen to everyone. We have, and we have perfect history. And I, I remember at that point, we at since then have changed. You know, a merchant accounts. I'm like, I want people who are partnered with you, who are willing to call you and have a conversation. Like, Sir, have you seen this scarf? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Chevron scarf. These are NASCAR fans. They are rabid fans. It's Alabama, Mississippi. You can see it right on the statement. <laughs> so it, it really kind of. You don't know how right that is in what you're saying right now. You just hit the nail on the head. <laughs> So it, it really kind of, we learned a lot from that scenario. Yeah, for sure. So something that stands out that you keep talking about, and I think that's one of the interesting things of this podcast is when Cam and I interview a lot of kind of the female business owners that, you know, they always talk about how they wanting to help women. Like, has that, it sounds like that's been with you from day one and why? Like, why not just grow a business why emphasis on specifically like helping women and all this kind of stuff um 
it's the origin story. I was the woman in need of some personal empowerment. I was the woman thinking I needed, I, I needed a creative outlet. It was me. And I saw what it did for me and my own personal confidence for my family, for my life. And I thought, how can I help others do this? Women's entrepreneurship often comes out of a different place than men's. This is my experience. Women's entrepreneurship is often accidental, whereas men's is men often is like from from school. They're like, I'm going to start a company and I know what it is. And women are like, I kind of happened into this. Yeah. I had an idea and I went with it. And who did I know to talk to about it? It was my sister and my best friend and my neighbor. And they were all behind me. So we started. It wasn't, hey, I called my buddy from business school and we know these VC guys. When's that ever been the story you've heard from women's entrepreneurship? No, this is the story. I wanted to go to Target and buy whatever I wanted. Right. And so I sold enough moccasins or I made a bedding or I did this. Right. For, for me, my own money, my own contribution, my own thing. Yeah. For me, it was less about money and it was more about contribution. Yeah. Feeling like I was a part of something. And when I couldn't find it already out there, I went and created it. Where'd that come from? I mean, growing up, did you have examples of that? I really did. My mom will not admit this, but she was my example of side hustle and women's entrepreneurship 100%. My dad was a, a tax attorney, so very traditional. My mother is a secret entrepreneur. She's this artist. Um, she will also not use that word in regards <laughs> to herself. But um, growing up, she always was doing something. She rented prom dresses out of our home. She um, painted barrettes and sold them. She was always, always doing a side hustle. And it was like, to me, that was my example of women's entrepreneurship. My first job was um, for a lady where she was a female entrepreneur um, at home mom doing something on the side and she did kids birthday parties so I dressed up as Cinderella and Winnie the Pooh and did animal balloons and face painting and I learned from these women that you can create it for yourself and along the way you can help others well and only women because you know motherhood the amount of products that you can create you know for that landscape because being a mom is tough but it's you talk about the most creative, like put a Band-Aid on it, fix the problem in a hurry, you know, industrial person right. as a mom, right? Which is so cool. So, you know, I've talked to my wife about this a bunch. It's like, if you weren't a mom, you wouldn't have that idea. And it's and that's such a cool thing. Like she thinks of things all the time. Like I just need to invent this or that. You know, something for the car because the kids are always making a mess. Or and it and it's such a fascinating thing to watch because I mean, I always say I couldn't I couldn't do what she does in a million years. Well, it, it's interesting, especially here, right in Utah, right, right. in our culture, right. You have highly educated women, highly educated, that are. Um, huge, highly creative, problem solvers, industrious. I have this belief that there is more untapped potential in this demographic. 
and what a beautiful day and age we live in that via technology right. we're starting to see it we're starting to see it right and that they're getting to use their creativity in those netflix hours in those crumbs of time gosh i love that saying whether netflix hours it's so good <laughs> whether that is um becoming a content creator and making people laugh online or creating a physical product or writing a novel this eight day and age, this digital day and age is allowing for it. And I think it's absolutely phenomenal and beautiful to be a part of. Very cool. Man, and you've been doing it for a long time. So you're kind of the queen bee. I, I didn't realize you guys have been at it for so long. Because, I mean, doing what you're doing and starting it when you started it, even, I mean, we're start, it's more normal now, right? Mm-hmm. But back then it was even more non-traditional. Right, which to me makes it a little bit more badass. <laughs> well, thank you. That's yeah. kind. Of <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I love it. Well, she's pretty badass. <laughs> I, I, I have been doing it for a long time, so I've seen it evolve a lot. Uh, the affiliate influencer space has evolved insane in the last decade, right? But and so has the market. You guys, in 2007, when I began, Target wasn't even what Target is now. They hadn't gone through their evolution. There wasn't this idea of cool, chic, affordable product, right? And then we've watched these big boxes. I mean, how many have, have gone down in the last year? Right. The market continues to go smaller and smaller and smaller and more and more niche, which is really super cool. And that's where we were like, there's an opportunity for us to help more women produce their own products. And that's where Be Fulfilled came in. Yeah, we've seen a fracturing of the market from traditional brands like, you know, Adidas, Nike. I'm just throwing out some really generic names to like now there's Roan, you know, they do athletic gear there's three or four different companies like that it's gone super niche and it's it's because of facebook marketing because of influencers because of this new way to target people it's completely disrupted it's like the the music industry exactly Exactly. but it's happening at a little bit of a slower pace right and it's not as easy to see as the music industry right necessarily but i think speaking of current times covid was a seismic shift and i don't think retail will ever be the same right because and so there isn't even a bigger opportunity online now than there ever has been more people are staying at home choosing not to go to the store choosing to shop from home it just the nature of the post covid world we're going to live in and so we're we feel like we're positioned perfectly to help more and more people create their products put them online ship them service them and let that virtuous cycle just continue to grow where we both help each other and so it's been a lot of fun you know they say that speaking of the music industry right like no one will ever sell the number of albums in sync sold at the end of nine of the 90s there will never be another in sync obviously (laughs) (laughs) but it just won't happen again right? right because of this democratization Right, this going from super big and a few people holding that power to many, many, and isn't that beautiful? This like all this pie. We don't need the whole pie. We just need a small piece of it, and it allows more people to be creative and put their stamp and mark, and for people to find their people, the ones they relate to, the ones that are speaking their truth and saying, telling their story. That they're like, you know what? I like that Cam and Andrew. They speak to me. I like what they're doing. How did you have the confidence to make that first shift back in 2011, 12? Like, like uh. what was it about that time that you were like, no, 
I'm going to zero. We're starting over. Scratch this. We're going. And not only that, like, jump on. I got you. Terrifying, first of all. 110% terrifying. I thought I was going to fail. And I almost did. I almost did. This is this is vulnerable, but literally the only thing that kept me going was that I had borrowed $10,000 from my mom. And she's, you know, she's a widow and she'd taken a chance on me. So I'm like, so I'm just going to leave my mom high and dry. Are you kidding? That's not the type of person I am. And I was like, I, this is painful. This is hard decisions. It's uncomfortable. Letting go of 40 stylists and telling them that we're not doing it that way anymore. Having to admit that the thing you created didn't work. That's super painful. But I had a belief in what it was doing for women. It kept me going. And I knew I needed to take care of the obligations I had created. How long was this decision process for you? Like how long were you kind of sitting on that before you did something? Was it that long? Mm -hmm. But there's a series of events and I want to kind of prime in a little bit and let you finish a story. So our, our two oldest children are adopted. Um, and in 2011, she was pregnant with our first biological child. Um, and she was put on bed rest and Courtney is a hustler and wants to have her hands on things. Courtney on bed rest. Yeah, it was, it was rough. Good mix. And she kind of grabbed her computer and be like, you know what? I'm going to learn affiliate marketing on bed rest. I'm going to do something with this bed rest. And she just dove head first into affiliate marketing. And I remember to sign up for the program was like 600, 700 bucks. And we're like, oh, it's a lot of money. Do we want to like invest in the future with the $700 to like sign up for this program? That was part of the affiliate network. And we did it. And she just, she figured it out. Like Courtney's the type of person, give her the rules. How do you win? And she will then figure out how to win. Like it's, that's kind of her, her personality. So it was in all things bed rest that kind of helped push you in that direction. It was, that's a true story. So it's again, you can't separate this idea cam of me being a mom and wanting to show up and be a mom and mother and also, and not or, and Mm -hmm. be a businesswoman and have a career and make my mark and impact on this world. And He's absolutely right. That's what happens. <laughs> but to be to be fair, I had a really good friend that was running the affiliate marketing. So those who don't know what affiliate marketing is, when an influencer, blogger, someone talks about a product or brand and they make a sale, they get a commission, right? It's called affiliate marketing. And the it's a it's set up beforehand and there's agreements and all of that. But I had a really good friend, my closest friend from all growing up. So remember, we're coming out of 2008 and blogging was just kind of this family thing, right? Their blog spot. Blog yeah, dot right? blog spot. Yeah. We had one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And this group of women, group of moms figured out and, and the big ones that came out of 08 were these frugal living coupon bloggers, right? Uh-huh. That they figured out, I can actually make money doing this. Um, coupons.com will pay me pennies, right? So I had a really good friend um, who was running the affiliate marketing program at one of the country's big, to this day, biggest um, coupon frugal living sites. And she's like, you need to check out affiliate marketing because you are primed for it. Especially right now, sense of style, affordable fashion. People don't have a ton of money to spend, but they still want to look great. Figure it out. 
And it was the best piece of advice I could have received because I did, I dove in and it changed my life. It took me on a totally different trajectory, right? We've, we've been named multiple years in a row, one of the fastest growing companies in the state of Utah. We've employed lots and lots of women and we've shipped millions of packages. And um, I believe in a lot of senses, it was a calling. I think we get called to a few things in our life. Those, those something beyond us nudges us and is like, you got to do this. You're supposed to do this. Call it God, call it the universe, call it life. You got to do this. And we do it and we kind of flow with it. And all of a sudden it changes things. I'm reading a book. I just finished it. The big leap. And it talks oh, about your zone of excellence, the, the zone leap. of genius. Yeah. And it's like, you just kind of, you took yourself from one, to the other with that idea of the affiliate marketing. Well, and I'm, I'm interested in the marriage during the whole time. Like that's what kind of keeps popping into my head. Cause I'm, I'm kind of putting myself in your shoes. You're working like you've got your business going. You borrowed the money from your mom during like, how does that all go? Does it get to the point where you're just like, honey, slow down. Like, cause before like losing a little bit of money, like, what what was the marriage like at that time, if that's not too personal of a no, question? But we, so, so you guys know we had a podcast for a while called Married to Business, where we discussed that and interviewed other couples that, working, that work together, because that's a right. challenge. And most people don't understand. And That's from, one word. For, yes. <laughs> right. From my perspective, most men, <laughs> most men struggle with like, how do you work with your wife? I could never work with her. Right? And that's usually a, a big question I get. Wait, so, let's be clear. Do they say with? For. For. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> look at look at this. Trying to mic drop over here. <laughs> you walked yourself into that one. Uh, she is friend. just sitting here with this little grin, pointing at him right now. <laughs> I uh, think the language is important, for sure. And, and we don't use that language personally, but that is usually what they say to you. This is a partnership. We look at it as a privilege and not a burden. And I'll let you keep going. All right. So, <laughs> she'll let you keep going. Uh, th- thank Sorry. You. Thank you. Have you. One minute. Wrap it up. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Swirl. Wrap it up. <laughs> so uh, in 2004, started the company out of college. It really went gangbusters through 2008. And then the housing crisis hit. And we were part of the housing industry. And so it was a struggle. And I was the VP of sales, traveled all over the country and world, just like, building a business and it, it went really well for a while and I wasn't home a lot. She was home with our newly adopted daughter and she needed something. And I saw that I saw she needs something. And, I, and I've been an entrepreneur from like, you how, know, how long had you guys been married before you adopted <laughs> three years? Was that right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke. Here, here's a, a side note here. When we went to go meet uh, the birth aunt in Texas, I wasn't 25 and I couldn't rent a car. So that's how young we were. We were a little like, you know, let's get on with life. This needs to happen. And and there's a. Or I was that way. (laughs) And he went I'm being kind and saying we, okay? Um, And so. Language is important. Exactly. Thank you, Pam. (laughs) Thank you. So, um, anyways, I was doing my thing. She, She wanted to do it. And. To me, that was important, right? To give her that space to do that, not to give it, but to like support. And I supported a lot in the back end. You know, we would make trips to Idaho. We would, our 
basement was full of product. I would move it around and I was trying to be as supportive as I could. There got to a point in 2012 where my business was really struggling um, because we are about to get sold to another VC firm. Things were kind of up in the air and we didn't have a lot of, we had not a lot of income because she had just shifted to online and I think she saw that and she doubled down on all on in online sales and that's when things went viral and all of a sudden our life changed like it shifted and for me it was seeing the value and the happiness and the contentment and the fulfillment that in her that like just made me a true believer like whatever i can do to support this now it wasn't always easy right there's plenty of fights plenty of other things that we went through of like well why are you doing this i have to be in Dallas. She's like, well, I have to be in Idaho. Who's going to watch your kids? I'm like, I don't know. You figure that out. And I would leave and you know, we'd get in fights over that. So that, that happened. Like, sure. Lo- plenty of stuff happened when you have two big competing things that are happening and you have children in the mix. It's a struggle. Like there's no doubt about it. But for the most, for, for the most part, it's just been good communication and honoring each other as partners and as equals that has really helped us through this path. How did you learn to do that? To your point, like I was just going to ask the same thing. Like, like, like that day. Hey, I have to go here. You have to go here. Like, how did you learn how to navigate that? I, I, I don't know that there's an easy answer other than like, for the first little while, I was like, no, I'm going. I have to do this. And I remember a few events that occurring, and they were pretty rough for us. Um, as this is where we kind of got to 2014. Is like we have to make a decision. What are we going to do here? Sense of style is growing like crazy. Your my business I was at was now under new. We'd sold to new ownership, and they had different direction. And it was just like, let's make the leap. And it was scary. Like we had talked about it for two years about me quitting my job and going full time at Sense of Style, but that was scary for me. As up to that point, the primary kind of how you want to say it, like earner in the family. It was it was a scary thing for me, both like from an ego perspective, also from a like, how do I do something that adds value to this household because that's important. How am I going to go help a bunch of women? Right, and it took it took a lot of work and a lot of thinking about it, a lot of conversation between her and I for a good two years before I was able to get there to the point of like, yes, I believe in this. Um, and then we really started to do vision work, you know, purpose, values, and mission. And really dive into why. Why are we doing this? And we went to um, a conference, a little less of a conference, more of like a consulting thing in Arizona, where we, for two days, her and I, all we did was work on our vision. And we came out of it with something that was from her origin story. And I believed in because I saw it, but also something that I felt I can get behind this. This is something that's more than like I'm selling stuff online. It's like, no, this is my purpose to help other women um, because I see it because I've seen the change in my wife of who she's become with that little bit of like just purpose in her life. And if we can give that to more women, that's a beautiful thing. That's the coolest thing for me to hear these types of stories because from the outside looking in, it looks like an online clothing store. You know, like from my perspective, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't know the passion behind it. You know, as Cam said, like when you start talking about it, she, you know, it's like she's getting ready to get going for something. And it's so cool to see and hear that because it adds so much to the business, but it also is such a huge indicator of why you've had the success you've had because you have this burning why inside of you. But how long had you, Courtney, 
kind of had the idea of bringing and wanting to work together with John kind of full time with Sense of Style. So to be fair, we've worked in some capacity together since the beginning of our marriage. It um, So it wasn't a completely new idea. Yeah. It wasn't the first time. Like John said, he was integral in the back ends doing systems and technologies for years, making sure it was going. Uh, I can remember when we were deciding what platform to go online with, we had been on like kind of a cheap little plat- free platform for a while. And he's like, keep hearing about this thing called Shopify. This is one of his inherent gifts is he knows technologies. It's brand new. I don't know. I just have this gut feeling we need to be on Shopify. Well, here we are. That was a good move. How many years later? We were Shopify's 5,000th store. Wow. And Shopify now has... Over a million. Almost two. Oh, it's blown up. Yeah. That's crazy. And they're, what, a multi-billion dollar company? Um, So John's always been involved. Um, we've always worked together in some capacity. So when we decided to do it full time, it was a fairly natural thing. The other thing advice we give couples is when we talk about this is like no conversation is ever off the table with us. We are so, and it's always been that, been that way. I mean, we have things outside of business that are tough in our lives and so does everyone. And, but we've been able to learn that we can talk about it even if it's really super duper hard and still show up for one another, like, and that's helped in business when we're like, okay, we have to talk about this, you know, and this doesn't mean I don't love you or that, but we have to be willing to have this conversation. The other piece of advice we always give is um, we have our, our areas of expertise and that person is in charge of that area. I don't get to step in in his day-to-day responsibilities. He can inform me about them, but I don't get to step in and, and overstep. And the same goes for where, and we've defined those outright. These are my responsibilities. These are yours. Is there like a code word? Like if somebody's stepping over the line a little bit, like a, <laughs> like a safe word? There is. Is there really? What is it? Can well, you share we, it? We call it, we say, we, we what do we say? <laughs> safe we, word, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> ponies, ponies, <laughs> ponies, ponies. <laughs> We say that um, we have to respect the stop. So if we're ever having a conversation that, and this is just for John and Courtney Brown's marriage, and we're in a business conversation where, and we are just so frustrated, one or the other of us, if one of us says, I'm done, stop, the other has to respect it. And we have to be like, we can revisit this at another time, but it's too heated right now. It's, it's, it's not good for us as a couple. We can revisit it. And we've gotten pretty good at that. And, you know, there's rarely anything that needs to be settled in that moment. Most things with time, a little bit of distance, either solve themselves or you can you have a little more space from them. As soon as the emotion dies down yeah. a little bit, logic comes back into the arrangement. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys, just curious, do you have boundaries on when you're allowed to talk about business like is there couple time business time family time business time or is it all one so we joke about this a lot because have you are you guys parks and recs fans i've definitely watched it I'm oh. not, i wouldn't say i would say i'm an office fan okay we love the office but there's but, this yeah. great parks and rec where leslie and adam scott i forget his name in the show anyways they work together in their family and, she, and they make a rule that they can only talk on city hall property 
and she wants to talk so bad that she just keeps running around and saying she's on City Hall property. And that's kind of John and I. Right. right? She's Leslie Nope. I'm Leslie Nope. I'm she's not. my spirit animal and John is not. Um, I, I can check out pretty easy. Yeah. I can disassociate right. pretty easy. That's just, I don't want to call it a scale, just personality. Like, ah, I'm good. I don't need to talk about it right now. So... Um, I wish I could say, yes, we have these boundaries and we've set them up and we only talk from nine to five about business, not a thing for us. Like if we're being truly honest um, about that, that might be helpful. But especially in COVID where we've been working primarily from home, those lines get really blurred. So we really just try to be respectful of the the ask from the from your partner. Like if John's like, you know, I'm kind of I need to be I need to be done with work today. We're done with work today. You know, well, it's like a good marriage is a partnership, right? There's not one job more important than the other job. So, you know, for business, you can kind of translate that over, and each has its own role, specific jobs and duties, and you know, well, you where can do help you guys out. learn the tools? Like, where have you guys? I mean, are these just kind of self created books, marriage counseling? I, I mean, we go to marriage counseling quite a bit, and I don't work with my wife. If I worked with my wife, I would almost have to hire our marriage counselor I think, <laughs> to be on staff. So I mean, we literally hired a president last year <laughs> <laughs> because neither of our strengths is managerial finance, right? I'm more the creative. John's the ops guy, um, ops and sales. I sit in a more creative role and we that was really lacking and it was causing a lot of division and pain and hurt in our marriage we may or may not have gotten an argument on the way here about this exact topic (laughs) i'm just putting that out there you know (laughs) um but like we did that knowing not only because the business it warranted it in the business but it was good for john and courtney to have someone else working on the day-to-day of the finance so a little more directly answering your question cam is we listen to a lot of podcasts we're reading a lot of books you know, during one of the major things that occurred when I came on board in 2014 full time, and we had this conversation up front. So I would go to work, I would come home, and then she would start working at night. And like it was, and with kids at home, it was tough to really get the concentrated effort. And they were little kids, right? So we had this conversation about me kind of changing roles a little bit, and the language we were using is who's the lead parent. Not, you know, we're both co-parents, but during this time when something occurs, like we talked about, someone has to go to Dallas, someone has to go to Idaho, who peels away first? And previously that was her. And that was kind of a little bit of like my assumption, like, oh, I'm the man. You get, you go. Of course you do it. I'm making the money. Gender role. Is that yeah, it was to be, right? Exactly. And, and there was a little bit tied up in that. And I had to really work through that. And then as we made the transition, we had a conversation that I would become the lead parent. In 2014, um, because she was the CEO and I was working the back end, I had more flexibility to be around. And I had to embrace that. And it was something that took me a little bit to get there. But honestly, it was a huge opportunity for me to connect with my children and to become a better father. And I look at those years between like pretty much 2014 and about 2018, I think is when I was the primary lead parent. And I really enjoyed that time. I really enjoyed it. And so like, I'm grateful for that connection with my kids and I have a really close relationship with my kids because I spent that time and that effort to be there for them as the primary caregiver. And then in 18, we had another conversation um, as 
we started Be Fulfilled and we knew John was going to take a bigger role there as the president and really building it. And we had had a more established team at Sense of Style that then those roles would shift again and I would walk back into that lead parent role. And I guess the thing that's worked for us is being willing to be fluid and not think that because we talked about it once, that's how it always is going to be. For sure. And be open and willing to have the conversation and that how it looked 10 years ago and how it looks today isn't necessarily how it will always look. Right. And not just work. I mean, as people, right. Mm -hmm. I think I'm married to wife number six and she's married to wife or husband number 10. Right. Like we we grow, we change personally. Mm -hmm. And so, but you know, it's funny, the more I listen to you guys, I just keep having the thought that, you know, you talked about like calling, right. I feel like your marriage is that too. Like you guys are the perfect pair for this. Like you guys both bring such an integral piece to the puzzle. And I don't think a lot of people could do what you guys are doing. Like I know that you say anybody can learn it or whatever, but you know, to hear you talk about the pride and ego, like that's a very honest and awesome thing for you to say. Cause I would feel the same way. Like, especially if I own my own business, generally I'm the prime. I can honestly say it has nothing to do with the gender identity, right? I don't feel like, cause I'm the man, I'm, I'm the one that's supposed to be working and earning money. Sometimes I say it because I could never, I would suck at being a mom. Like she's so much better at that than I am. But at the same time, it is hard to lose that kind of sense of purpose and identity. And you gotta be a pretty confident and secure dude to get to that point. And I think you deserve a lot of props for that too. And that's, so I think we, you guys have so much to teach all of us. <laughs> I mean, seriously, listening to you guys, like how you kind of define your limits, like the lead parent Netflix. Hour. I mean, you guys, I'll, I'll be first in line to buy the book. I hope you guys plan on writing one one day. She's writing one. It, seriously, what you guys have accomplished just as a marriage and a family is well, and to be able to step amazing. into it, like you well, said, like you. you you turned into mom to CEO, and it sounds like you've, as he started Be Fulfilled, maybe you've kind of gone back to lead parent. I have. You know, and to be able to transition back and forth and and not kind of, how do you say it? Not be identified or defined by what it is you're doing, but as like a person, right? Whether it's a CEO or a mom, like you're still who you are. And you don't need that necessarily. Well, I'm, I feel really strongly about this is that we get to be complex individuals and I get to be both. For I'm sure. not def- defined by one label. I'm yeah. defined by them all. And um, I want to give that space to myself. I want to give it to John. I want to give it to my children. And I wanted to give it to you guys. You know, you get to not only be you know, strong men, but you get to have the full range of emotions around for life. sure. And then, you know, I think that's been really good for us. We've had such a strong, what, how do I want to say it? like the amount of like strong business women we've had on the podcast. I think with male hosts, it's been kind of cool to, to get those perspectives. Right. And it's been good for us to see too. And so it's, we do have, so much to learn on up until a year ago, I didn't realize how important it was like to have that groundhog, like being a mom groundhog day. 
Like you gotta have a thing, and it's not just about money, right? It's just about because it can be. It doesn't have to be business. It can be anything, right? Purpose of it some have to be a business. Right? Like just because a mom isn't a mom boss or has a business, that doesn't take away anything. Exactly. No, but but you gotta realize women have been doing this forever. Yeah, for it sure. just looks different, What's right? Your point? Like your mom, right? And, and it doesn't have to be business. It might be like, I am so passionate about working out or I'm so passionate about baking, right? Oh, I wish that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like these are my passions. This is what lights me up. Right. Yeah. For me, it happens to be business and fashion. That really lights me up and, and helping other women stand and own who they are. But that's just me. Something totally different you know, lights John up and lights Cam up and lights Andrew up. But we live in a better world when we follow the things that light us up. Right. It's so awesome. And I, I want to say like, it wasn't easy from a male perspective. Like, and, and still to this day, there I have certain insecurities about it of like, oh, well, like when she said, oh, you work for me. And like, those are things that like, we we, we play with each <laughs> with other. With her tiger shirt on. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. But like, it's taken a lot of internal kind of looking in like, all right, I my identity for the last 10 years was this. How do I let go of that identity? Because that doesn't define me kind of to what she said. There's a multitude of things that define me. And spending some time with my children, actually, I found a lot of beauty in that and a lot of like a more sensitive side to myself that I hadn't really tapped into when I'm with my daughter or with my son or my other son. Like it's it's been it's been a lot of work and it's not always easy for every one of my friends or people I meet to understand that it, it, they don't sometimes just because of call it what you want. The predominant culture of the United States is still predominantly a, a patriarchal culture. And that right. becomes difficult for everyone to understand because it's how your dad grew up or how right, right. your grandpa. And it's just like, it just passed down. And so like it, it took a lot for me to get there to be fair. And I'm not, hundred percent there in all ways like it's so it's so beautiful for me to watch because in so many ways john is a better nurturer than i am like i'm being 100 percent honest in that and i hope that doesn't offend you i'm offended okay (laughs) no but like like he's our kids they prefer to go to him he's nicer than me Like he, that is one of his strengths. And so for him to deny that part of himself is just as unfair as for a woman to deny that, you know, she likes to stand up and speak and be powerful, right? Like we get to explore these parts of ourselves. And, um, I, I'm so grateful that John is my partner. He's incredible. Like I'm going to get emotional, but like there aren't a lot of men that would live in and lean in and grow the way he has chosen to. And I briefly said this before, but like, it's such a privilege. And we really try to focus on that, that that what we get to do every day, that we get to go through life together in business and as partners, that's a privilege. And I know it doesn't work for everyone, but I'm so grateful it works for us. And I'm grateful we work hard at, having it work for us. And, and one of the things to, to what you said is we've really had to focus on what we get to do and not what we don't get to do because of our working together. Right. And, and starting from a place of gratitude has been a huge shift for us over the what last. What does that mean? So, you know, let, let me talk a little bit about our daily practice, right? We do what's called, um, 
Why am I blanking on it? Our foundational our, our four. <laughs> Every day we do this, and I remember the name. Uh, foundational we, four. We actually did it on the way here after our argument. We're like, all right, let's do the foundational four. Let's try to get back in a good headspace. And, and we talk about three things we're grateful for, three accomplishments, and three things we want to do for that day, and then kind of our intention for the day. And what that allows us to do is realize that we are privileged to get to work together to get to do what we do. And yes, there's hard moments. Yes, there's lots of hard conversations, but never forgetting that overall it's a privilege and that we have an incredible opportunity to do something that most people don't get to. And to me, that's like the grease of having being able to work together is having a, a gratitude practice or being in a place of gratitude so that you never like, oh, I wish you would have done this. Like, no, I'm so grateful that we get to drive to Orem on a Thursday to go to Bam Bams and do this interview together. That's fun time we get to spend together. And so like that's really been super helpful for me personally to focus on what I have, not what I potentially quote unquote don't have. Yeah. So the other practice we do, so we're very much into mindfulness and we have developed these practices, I would say over like the last three years because we, um, I found myself coming from a place of scarcity and lack a lot. I had this moment driving to the office with John one morning and I was just spewing negativity out of my mouth. It's a very unflattering story, but this is exactly what happened. Complaining, 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 talking negatively about people and about subjects. And I just kind of, one of those moments where you kind of like just get space from yourself enough. And I, and he was completely silent during the whole thing. Turn to him and I say, I'm being really negative, aren't I? And he's silent for a few seconds, and then all he said was... I don't want to get in trouble. Like, shit. I was going to say, that <laughs> no. was a loaded question. Oh, yes, it was but, a loaded question. But remember when I said we said no conversation is off the table, right. and we're so honest with each other, and all he said was yes, and then I got mad at him. <laughs> 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 but in that moment, I realized that I was coming in my life from a place of negativity, and I needed to change, and I needed to up my game. And so I started learning about gratitude and mindfulness and getting some space. And we've created these practices and it has changed our life. I'm a happier person. I'm a more well-rounded person. Um, And one of the other practices I want to just share that has helped us as a couple and in business is when something's going really bad, really bad, or we're having a really hard day, we look at each other and we say, what is the gift in this situation what is the gift to your point words matter words are so important to just to change the word from problem to gift just that little shift changes everything so we're living in this world it's 2020 and it's gone like none of us thought no one could have predicted what's occurring and we could sit and we could talk about all of the bad we could focus on it for days and we could have conversations around it or we could say, what is the gift? What is the gift? Well, I've gotten more time with my sons and my daughter in the last two months than I have in years. We've learned how to bake bread. John and the boys, they're learning how to bake bread together. Sourdough. Yeah, you know it. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love sourdough. I love how to sourdough pancakes? I love oh, it. Man. Oh, man. You know, we're resetting, we're, we're slowing down, we're enjoying, we're gardening. Like these are gifts coming out of this time. And sure, we could focus on all of the bad and that's really easy. 
But when you're in a hard moment and you have to say, what's going good right now? It shifts your mindset and your focus. And all of a sudden you're like, things aren't quite as bad as I thought they were. What you focus on expands, right? Exactly. So wherever you put the attention, that's where the energy flows. So do you have a super random way off topic? Do you remember the first time that you heard from a customer client woman and like, cause your whole goal to empower women and to create this for them. Like, do you remember the first time someone said like, you did it, like you did for me what you set out to do. Like, do you have, like, do you remember a moment? I don't remember the first time, Yeah, but I've remembered moments. Like where you, like you, it was almost like I'm doing it. Like, um, like I'm doing what I set out to do. We have, um, we have done this over the years on our company Slack channels um, that will share comments from customers. And there's one that I still have saved that was like, um, I decided to invest in me. I decided that I was just going to go out on, on a limb and buy, and it sounds so silly, but she's like, I was going to buy that sweater and I was going to invest in me and I haven't done that in a really long time because I was waiting to lose the weight but I just got it and I put it on and I liked who I was when I looked in the mirror and it wasn't because it wasn't for someone else it wasn't for my girlfriends or my husband or it was for me and I related so strongly to that um, because I've experienced it like that's my story I needed this i would never have grown into the person that i am today without following that calling and creating sense of style i wouldn't have had the opportunities but i also or or the hardships but i wouldn't have been i wouldn't have grown and built my you know become a more well-rounded person without it because i chose to start to jump in to try to experience, to get super uncomfortable. And it's not just all rainbows and unicorns still. Like there's hard, entrepreneurship is no joke. Someday I would love for someone to talk about mental health and entrepreneurship because it's a thing and nobody talks about it because it's no joke. The highs are as high as you'll go and the lows are as low as you'll go. Or blood pressure. Right. I learned last but week. there's no break in entrepreneurship. Uh, there's, you know, there is You don't get non-stop. to go home from work. No. Like, well, even, especially when you're married. I was going to say, I got your partner. <laughs> right? It, it complicates things, right? And you have to, you know, I've had to find my own self-practice or, you know, ways that I like to, you know, get released. And for me, it's being in the mountains, being in the trails. You know, we bought a sprinter van two years ago, taking the family out, going out, just being outside that's like what speaks to my soul and it keeps me very grounded so that i'm, I'm ready for the next week or the next month or whatever it is but we all have to find a charge ways. somehow exactly yeah i was gonna ask you guys about like do you take vacations and just like we do and that's i imagine when you when you travel unless there's an emergency it's like we shut off work I do. <laughs> Let's Wait, dig into this a little bit. To more. be fair, <laughs> I did. And let me, right. Because as Be Fulfilled has really grown exponentially sure. in the last two years, and, and I'm playing like the, I'm the president, it really all, everything passes through me where before when she, you know, CEO, I was a COO. If it wasn't operations, I didn't worry about it. It's like, oh, that's marketing. Sure. That's your problem. Now, if it's marketing, whatever, it's my problem. And I've seen, it's given me a little bit different 
perspective on what she's gone through in the last 13 years. You can appreciate it more because you've experienced it. Right. I'm experiencing it in a different way Mm -hmm. where in my, you know, in the other company I started, I was the VP of sales and then I was a COO and now I'm here, the president. And it's like, oh, this is the shiz you've been dealing with that (laughs) I was always had space from. And so it's given me a more a gratitude and, and appreciation for all the years she did that. And two, also made me understand the, the importance of taking a break or having space on occasion for my own mental health. Well, and you bring up an inner, I think, I think a hang up in my marriage, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate with this is because ours is more of the traditional, right? She's at home full time with our four kids. I work full time. And sometimes it's hard because I think one advantage, you know, we'll call it a gift, right? That you guys have in working together is just what you said is you can understand each other's days, right? Sometimes I'll come home and Ashley's had a really, you know, rough day with kids and it's like, good, he's home. Hmm. And she doesn't know that I had to let two people go and sales are horrible and you know, whatever else happens. So she can't really relate to my day because she just has no clue, you know, what it is to do this. And so, I mean, it, it makes us have to communicate better and take a little bit of time. Like when I walk through the door, we both probably want to like just relax, <laughs> but you know, we, we can't just immediately like throw up on each other. Right. And so I think that that is, I, I think that that's another gift that you guys have is being able to kind of relate to each other's day and know how to kind of respond to that. And I, it, it's a tough thing. One tool we picked up just recently, this is in the last six months, a Brene Brown tool of like, she talks about a story in her podcast, we're coming home and she wanted her husband, you know, out of zero to hundred to be at like an 80, but she was like at like a 20 or like a 10 or whatever, like just communicating that with each other. Like, right. honey, I'm like at like a 10. I need you to be 90. I need you to be that 90. And if... Sorry for my clarification. That means like... I need to back off a little bit. No, no. So like 10% you take over. Of, like you get right. home and actually. So I'm at a 10 out of 100. Out of 100. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I need you to step up. Right. right. And and so like saying 100 is 50-50 is the ideal where you're both, right. you know, but sometimes because of your day, you're at a 20, they're at a, you know. And so having that conversation with each other when you're in tough moments of like, you know. It's a great idea. We, I'm at a 10, you're at a 20. We have to figure this out because we have stuff that we have to do. Our kids need some support. So what are we going to do here? And having those conversations openly right. has helped us um, because sometimes neither of us are at 50%. And so we're, we can't get to 100 as a family. And those are challenging times. Like you just got to like know that those are going to happen and you got to push through them and know that there's going to be something on the other side and give each other grace during those moments. Well, and not to mention trust because the other part you know there's a lot of times just like i'm at a 10 and it's just be like whatever i have no idea what my day was like quit being a pansy and so that's you know that's a hard part too you you were going to say something that's why i stopped no oh you kind of i thought you were going to say something i didn't want to like i didn't want you to forget it because you you guys say such great things (laughs) well i appreciate that perspective cam because to be fair, we've lived this for so long. I've kind of forgot about that. And that is a gift. That is something we don't have to fill each other in on our days a lot of the times. A little bit, right? Like, oh, I had these conversations or this, but like we're in it together. And that that is a huge gift. It, it presents a different set of challenges. For sure. But um, I, I would love it. I w- this, is a, this is a nitty gritty experiment. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
what if you and your wife switch places for a day? And like we would tried both to get, want to quit our lives. <laughs> <laughs> but like try to get that perspective a little sure. bit of what the other person, because really like that's how we become more empathetic people to everyone is when we understand what they're going through and their stories of where they've come from. Well, and, and you bring up a good point that, and I, you know, I do kind of say that because obviously I go home and I, and I parent, right. And there's obviously been days where she goes, like she went overnight to park city I don't know, like a month ago, I had the kids for a couple of days. So I feel like it's a little bit easier, which it's a little bit easier for me to kind of know what's going on at the house because I experience it. She never, it's not like she'll ever come here and spend a day doing what I do. Right. So that is a little bit more of a disconnect and that, and that's kind of been, you also don't want to go home and be negative either, right? Like, I don't want to go home and just be like, honey, this is what happened today, like, blah, blah, blah. So you want to communicate, but you don't want to, like... So that's always been kind of a tricky thing for us. And so, and obviously, we're still trying to figure it out. And, and so, but it is hard for her to relate to anything that I'm talking about because she doesn't really experience that, right? She doesn't come and kind of cover a shift. I'm sure my staff might like that if she did. Like, she's way less scary. But but yeah, I mean it's it, it's hard. But but it's it's no different than you guys. That's one part that you guys have, and ours is different. But you also have a whole lot of the other challenges that I that I don't have in my marriage. And, and so, I think that's the great part is like it's different totally. and that's okay. And that's Absolutely cool. That's right. beautiful for you. It's beautiful for you. Beautiful for us. Like, but starting from that place of gratitude, like, yeah, it's cool that we get to do it like this. Right. For sure. For sure. So right now is more focus on the be fulfilled side to grow that from both of you, or have you tried to split focus as you've kind of grown both brands or like, like what are you guys like as you, center energy and focus right now where do you find most of it going it's different for each of us we've there's been much more division of labor um i am 100 percent focused on be fulfilled okay 99 out of 100 hours of my week are on be fulfilled and i have a separate team you're um, working 100 hours a week no I, I started <laughs> over down like that a analogy. month over like a month <laughs> that analogy i'm like this isn't gonna work but i'm gonna go with it i'm already committed i'm in you know, um, yeah, 100 hours a week, babe. Wow. <laughs> yes, very impressive. I'm very impressive. Uh, so, but so I'm focused on Be Fulfilled okay. all day, every day. Okay. Um, like I mentioned, we hired a president of yep. Sense of Style. So she takes on a lot of the day to day. And I'm also very much in the day to day at Sense of Style while overseeing the strategy of and the vision for both companies. Okay. So you play the, you're playing the creative on both sides then. No, um, primarily the creative. So I'm CEO of both companies. That's okay. the title I hold. Okay. But um, on the day-to-day, I'm working in sense of style. Okay. I jump over to be fulfilled more on strategy and vision. Okay. How have you guys integrated kids into the business or have you not? We haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um, not a lot, okay. to be fair. Our family situation is unique. Um, John mentioned our oldest two are adopted. Our oldest daughter struggles with mental health and um, she's autistic with a mood disorder. And so we have a lot going on there. Um, so the boys will come help in the warehouse once in a while, but not, to be fair, not very much. Yeah. Our boys are uh, 11 and 8. Okay. So they're still fairly young. And yeah, I don't know. We've never quite 
that hasn't really been a big focus for us. I, I think we've kind of wanted to give them space to see what they want to do. But we also have high values where we, one of our important values is hard work. So like it's, we struggle with that. That's I think an area that as a, you know, as parents to our children, we struggle with how do we do that while still, you know, working as hard as we're working. How do we instill that in them? And I don't know that we have that figured out yet. Okay. It's a good tax write off. If you have them work, you can pay them up to a $11,000, $12,000 and uh, you know, write that off. So just letting you know, to be fair, <laughs> like when we have a warehouse sale, the boys are there helping in the background For- or, um, John helped one of his clients run a huge convention last summer and did their merch shop. And our eight-year-old was there the entire time helping. He was awesome. So um, I I wish I could say we had more of a cool plan around that. We don't. We'll take. We're taking no. ideas. That's a, help no, us know. I don't even the, think it has to be a plan. There's no shame or judge. It's just I'm I'm always interested because for me that's something always on the forefront of my mind. Like how can I instill these type of principles into my kid. And it's always cool to hear, you know, parents in different family situations and how they do it and, you know, what's worked, what hasn't worked. So that's where the question comes from. So it's it's not like you need to, it was just a more of a curiosity. And I think it's important for them to see what we do, you know, so they have a little respect, little punks. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when they get those teenage years, you know, right. Right. Well, and, and they have to know that, you know, if life's good, right. You've got, nice house i'm sure sprinter van it's like you got to know that we worked our butts off to get this and it doesn't come cheap right like i brought dodger cooking a couple times just another like wake up at 5 a.m like come and cook and it's just kind of like wow dad that sucked (laughs) (laughs) like thanks you know and so it's i I think that's important for them to see it it tell the story about chase in the garden last weekend what he said to you Oh, um, so we garden. John loves, John is the ultimate hobbyist. Right. Just so you know, he loves his heirloom tomatoes. It's a thing. We'll bring you some. <laughs> I, hey, how many plants? The only tomatoes I like. How many plants this year? We only did like 36 plants this year. I've, done up, I've done up to right. 72 and <laughs> it's a lot of, and I just give them out. I just love the makeup and like right. eat them caprese and then give them to other people and just have fun with them. Um, wow. So as I've been gardening, Courtney was out of town and I just had the boys come out and help me. And, my son and he's kind of our artist kind of free spirit and i'm like hey no you got to be digging out these weeds and he's like dad you have to work hard nothing's given to you in life is it i'm like <laughs> oh my nope. god and good this is <laughs> why you're here gardening with me and and, <laughs> and it was a moment and i was proud how of him. old is he he's 11 okay and i was wow. proud of him because his his younger brother eight-year-old is a little more entrepreneurial like always hustling right. he has like a hundred dollars in savings accounts and my other two kids have negative balances <laughs> at all times right? <laughs> and and my, um, I'm trying to teach him because my younger son will try to hustle him a little bit. He's like, I'll give you $5 to go reset the router because the internet's down. And then <laughs> this happened this week. Yeah. And he comes back up and, and Ryder's like, oh, pay him a dollar, dad. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and so we had a conversation about negotiating, living to your word and making sure like you follow through with what you say you're going to do. And it was a good conversation, like have that in just a fun setting yeah. where we're talking about like, so you guys are doing a lot more than you think. <laughs> we're trying. Right? Well, have you guys heard of green light cards? That's, we have we them. They're, they're fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, I pay my kids. It's so life saving. No more cash in their pockets yes. coming out of the dryer. But see, well, yes. And it's funny because I, I said this yesterday to Ashley. So, so through this COVID thing, like we had to get creative as the restaurant because we lost so much catering. And so we started doing these offsite 
like pre-order. It's my first little foray into e-commerce. Mm. And so we're, you know, Kaysville, for example, we'll go all the way there and people will pre-order. We'll take, so the kids have been my runners. So they've come every Tuesday and Thursday. They get paid 20 bucks a piece and they're the ones running to the cars to get the names and then taking the orders out to the cars. And so it has been really cool to see like the green light cards going up. But I, I was just talking to Ashley last night about this. I'm like, but the, I still think kids need that tactile like the like you have the money and it is gone now like Uh, if you spend it yeah you know what i mean so i want to try to figure out a way i almost wish we're pretty anti-phone you know can we're going away from cash man no let them live in that world i just want them to see like "Eh." (laughs) i just i just want them to see like it go away because they don't have phones right so they can't see the money necessarily go down so i just want to figure out so green light almost needs to make like a magnet for the fridge that connects to bluetooth Shows the balance. Kids account balance. <laughs> I actually like that. You know what I mean? Just something where they can always be seeing it. Because they're so, always yeah. asking us too. Like, yeah, how much do I have in my, you know? Right. It'd be cool for them to be able to track it without having a phone because we're and that's why that the now. one brother said he owed his do- brother a dollar and he wanted john to transfer it <laughs> yeah, instead of right. the five he actually <laughs> promised. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, my boys, they're. They started a garbage can cleaning business. Nice. And they'll go out and they'll bring all their friends to help them. And their friends are like, well, I don't need to get paid. I just want you guys to be able to play faster. So now they'll go and they've got all these friends that are helping them clean for free so they can all go and play faster. I'm like, good for you guys. <laughs> it's incentive. Good job. Know, everyone has different. It's not always about the money. That's right. <laughs> their purpose was to get to Minecraft as soon as possible. <laughs> yes. That's true. That sounds like something I would have done as a kid. Be the kid that helps them play faster. <laughs> right? Not the guy that's just like, if you help me, yeah. we can play faster. So you guys have done a lot in the mindset work. You've spoken a lot. Um, as we wrap up, do you have like what is so I haven't, I haven't asked it this way in a long time. What's your favorite piece of advice that you didn't follow? Ooh. I haven't asked this question for a long time. I like this question. I can't really, I'm trying to make sense of that question. So, someone that What's, gave you, so someone said something to you, gave you advice, and you, you did, didn't do I, it. Okay. Okay, I've got mine. Okay. Um, we were talking about Tyler Norton before. Uh huh. A piece of advice Tyler Norton gave me was, um, Think big, test small. Oh, I did. <laughs> um, when you start growing in entrepreneurship, um, it's you, you, a lot of times you think, oh, we're going to keep this growth pattern. We're Oh, we're living in it, you know? And you build yourself bigger than you need to be. Um, maybe out, maybe it's employee count, maybe it's software, maybe it's inventory. I've probably done it in all three areas at some point or another. And, um, keep that vision, keep thinking big, keep growing, you know, but test it small because, um, it can really eat cash and energy super quick when you do it wrong. Oh, sure. Kind of reminds me of profit first, right? <gasps> oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with profit first. Yeah. Mike McCallowitz. I yep. thought I, um, 
Is this a, another one of those things you guys call books? Yes. Yeah, another yeah. one of those things. Or, or I'm, okay. I'm really into the, the listening books now. No, that's what I've now. been doing. That, that's <laughs> audiobooks are where it's at. Someone just asked, was it, someone was like, do you call it reading? It was yeah. Betsy. Oh, yeah, that's who it was. It's fine to call it reading. It's reading. Like, no one needs to know. Yeah. If I listen it, totally to a book, right. can I say You sound I way it? smarter if you say you read the book, not so I listen to this great book. 100% it's reading. Right. So. I'm a huge Mike Michalowicz fan. In fact, Profit First changed our business. Yeah. Um, I think managerial accounting, like I told said before, super difficult to wrap your mind around. Cash accounting's insane. He's created a system for entrepreneurs that I think everyone should follow. So good. But that's mine. Okay. Is think um, think big, test small. Got it. Like So that was advice you got that you were happy you followed. No, that I did not that, follow. Okay, okay. We have taken employee counts too high and had to bring them back down. We've taken inventory counts too high and had to bring them back down. Uh, we've paid for softwares that were way out of our budget um, and way too big for what we were doing and had to in rethink hopes of growth in, in, in got it. hopes of future growth. And um, that has cost us in finance. It's also cost a lot of time and heartache. So um, I think so much of American business culture right now is focused around hyper growth. And I think we're seeing in this age of COVID that perhaps that's not the best version of the world for everyone. Correct. Well, and I think that starts at an individual level. I think right now everybody wants things fast. Yeah. Like I want success fast. I want followers fast. I want, well, they you know want, what I mean? they want the image of right. success. And so they want a business who's, they want to be able to say that, Oh, my business is doing right. $10 million. When you look back, they're losing money. Totally. Right. It's like, I'd much rather have a $500,000 business and bring home 200,000 than have a $10 million business and all the headaches that come with it For sure. and have nothing. Exactly. So I, I think that this is why it's okay to grow slow. I think it's Steve Jobs. It's like, this is the longest overnight success story ever told. <laughs> My story is not one of overnight success. At 13 years I've been doing this right. and it's from slow, steady progress, making a lot of mistakes, but continuing. Well, yeah. it's more than 13 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the other thing people forget. It's like my restaurant turned seven in a few days, but I was barbecuing and losing money for six, seven years before that, exactly. you know? And so it's that calling you talked about, right? right? Like that I said, passion, all kind of leads why, up to all it. That stuff. Call it whatever you want to call it. All right, mine. Um, Your second choice. Yes, my second choice. <laughs> I think big test small is my first choice. She, she stole it. Uh, you know, it's 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 in the similar vein of I always believe that you could sell your way out of problems, and I, you know, ten years as sell solve all right in, in in the sales perspective was like, and I had people tell me like, no, you need to, you know, tune up, get clean, and then sales will add profit. And I kind of resisted that for years and even for a little while, sense of style. Then as I adjusted and started looking at things differently from an operational perspective, I'm like, there is so much opportunity and savings here that if we keep ourselves flat, we can get the, you know, change, flip the script, double profit, whatever you want to call it. Right. And that took me a decade plus to really understand and wrap my head around. Um, But I didn't take that advice early on that operations is where you can actually make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, I mean, that's true. It's, there's nothing worse either than selling and then not getting anything, anything at the end of it because ops is, uh, you know, it's just like, here's the mess. Like if I have a great month in sales, but I 
totally overspent on groceries and you know cost of goods it's what was the point and, and this is and that's been like that that lesson's been burned deep in me and that's kind of like the core value i try to bring a lot of my clients is like yeah, you can sell and if you want to do the ops yourself great you're just not going to make as much money or you could pay me to do it, and you will make a lot more money because we'll do it clean and on fixed rates and no variables etc and so like it's it's been something that's really been deeply ingrained with me in the last few years yeah like, there's well, not to huge. mention the value of the extra energy you have from not having to do it yourself right so it lets you kind of focus in on the things that you excel at and so one of my new favorite phrases who not how love it yeah that's I great you saw i problems. wish i could remember all these things who not how who not how yeah, you like think it. i'd re- be able to remember that one but i won't i believe in you cam thank you words. i believe in you listen no it's four adhd <laughs> okay <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> well guys thank you so much for coming on this has been so much fun an absolute pleasure you guys are amazing when the marriage the and business seminar starts <laughs> please let me come well thanks for having yeah, us for and- so where can they find you i mean where do you want people going so they can follow me personally on instagram at courtney ellen brown my name um john is on instagram at mr sense of style the calendar's coming out next year hey. <laughs> trim it up guys i'm working on it. covid pounds i can't uh, wait for the tomato but well, the that's the springtime like, yeah like yeah, april what, what, month, what month is that gonna be <laughs> cucumbers don't come till the fall <laughs> Amazing. (laughs) That's why we have it. Okay, well, check them out. Follow them. We're sense of style all over. C-E-N-T-S of style. Thank you guys so much. What a good time.